welcome to yet another episode of Masters of Our Domain, a podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who has never seen the hit 90s sitcom <laughs> Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Don't add to the intro without telling me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she said something else. She's gone off script. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking right. That's what you say. Don't you don't start fucking only I fuck with the script. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And uh this week we are joined by a very special guest all the way from uh California. Uh it is Miles Clee. How you doing? I am great. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's okay. our pleasure. Thank you for um in- <laughs> indulging in yet another unpaid opportunity for exposure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be exposed to the mad fans of the Masters of Our Domain podcast. Um, mad and lovely. Mad and lovely. Yeah. yeah. Mad and don't you fucking go anywhere. <laughs> don't, you, don't you turn this off. Don't you don't, don't even consider pausing this. We've got we've got your details. We've got your addresses. We will know. And if you try to play the pod at tw- uh, you know double speed, uh, your phone just self destructs. Yeah, that's right. Don't don't try to speed through it. Yeah, don't. No. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, and also like like Milo and Milo and I have very flexible working hours. We can come round to every single one of your houses and and get you. We can and we do. <laughs> we check where you're listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, what the vibes are. How many yep. candles you've got lit? At yep. least three, please. Yeah. The masters of our domain. That's what we like. Um, yeah. yeah. Of different fig scent profiles, I think. Fig specifically. Yeah, I like a fig mm. candle. Yeah, no, no Yankee linen. <laughs> no, no thanks. No, 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 no. None of your bullshit. None of your cookies and cream fucking soap smelling candle. Mm. Who's, who's getting a cookies and cream candle? Perverts. <laughs> Perverts. <laughs> Nonces. Yeah. Russian separatists. Yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Terrorist mm. cell members. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is right. Um... So this week, um, the episode of Seinfeld, which we are discussing, if you're following along with the show at home, um, is uh, season three, episode 13, The Subway. Um, The episode opens with a bit. Um, It's yet another, I've just written the word Baroque in brackets next to this because it is yet another Seinfeld bit (laughs) where you're just like, Jerry, what, what, who hurt you? What brought you to this particular grievance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you have here, um, because Jerry Seinfeld is going in on a on a on, on a subject that has had it too easy for too long. Bumper cars <laughs> at the fairground. <laughs> Did it, Miles? Do you ever find yourself just getting furious about bumper cars? You know, I don't. I I, I find some of the this Seinfeld stand up like very painful on rewatch. But I thought this is one of his better bits. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I love that he gets to do the physicality of the the guy working the bumper cars, you know, hanging off the pole. You, yeah. don't, you, you don't you don't get that a lot in Seinfeld, and I mean, like like a lot of his bits, he's just trapped in a kind of ten year old mindset. Mm. So mm. He, he likes to complain about the things that a ten year old would would gripe about, and you know what? That's mm. still relatable to me because yeah. I have I would, bumper cars recently, so I get it. I would love to be Seinfeld's therapist and just say, mm. so in many ways so you are. Can you, can you tell me <laughs> what what makes you feel like that? Can we just talk through 
your earliest memory of the bumper car. <laughs> so we try and construct a grievance pathway. <laughs> grievance pathway. Yeah. I love that. What, An emotional what, map. What Seinfeld <laughs> is doing here is why people drive like this, and the guy who and the guy who works <laughs> at the bumper car ride drives like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, like standing on the edge of the bumper car, reaching over. Yeah. The bit is basically like there's always the one kid who can't drive the bumper car and gets like stuck in the empty cars. That's true. That's very. That, 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 I mean, you can't. You can't he, argue he, with that. We've said this before. He knows how to observe something. <laughs> he Seinfeld is a keen observer of reality. He just observes it as like an alien traveler would do. Mm. He's like a kind of um, sort of literary fiction auteur more than a comedian. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he just sort of sits in the park making notes on the human scene and then turns it into a short story about like. Jerry Seinfeld about, like, feels films. like a Vonnegut character, you know? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> mm. There's something very Slaughterhouse-Five about the kind of, like, disconnect from reality which Jerry Seinfeld experienced. Uh, and, yet, and yet just being woven into the very fabric of history, of course. <laughs> yeah. And there is lots of evidence of time travel in Seinfeld. Like the whole kind of core positioning of the Seinfeld main characters as uh, a sort of contemporary millennials. They have no business being in a show in the early 90s. Mm. People in their 30s in a show in the early 90s are either old and broken, like on Cheers, or mm. they are like, they have like teenage children. They have absolutely yeah. no business behaving like children. Mm. Unless it's a show written now for Netflix. Mm. Mm. Listen, Jerry Seinfeld has come unstuck in time. Netflix were like, we can get more money for this if we go back to the early 90s and sell it to network TV. Maybe Slaughterhouse Five is never supposed to be called Slaughterhouse Five. Maybe it's supposed to be called Slaughter House Five. <laughs> that is the name of my comedy club that I am going to open when this is over. Slaughter <laughs> House Five. That's, there you that's go. right. Miles, mm. when were you on a bumper car recently? Uh, well, I guess it wasn't that recently. <clears throat> Maybe two years ago. <laughs> the lies are unraveling already. <laughs> uh, but at, at one point, I think I did ride uh, with my friend, like, you know, not in the driver's seat. And it really is a humiliating experience to be uh, in the bumper car, but unable to control it in any way. Yeah. So, so, that, <laughs> so when Jerry talks about the father-son duo really struggling, that, uh, that resonated with me. Yeah, it's like being on a swan boat, but you're on the side that doesn't have the pedals that properly go around. Ah, uh, and then you well, just... that has like dummy pedals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just they're connected on this, like one axle. Like you just both you're both pushing. The, like there's one axle, and it has pe- it has two sets of pedals connected. All right, to it. Well, so I need to pull... have, all right. Well, I need to have a very long and serious conversation with my father then. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, jot that down. Now the real therapy can start. <laughs> mm. like, I'm right. a freelancer. I can't afford therapy. This is my therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting it out. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. I think being, being sort of like buffeted by the whims of the bumper car with none of your own agency would be quite humiliating. It's yeah, kind of like an ego death scenario. Yeah, and you end up sort of like kind of looking around <laughs> with a kind of half sort of, sort of rueful kind of Coco the Clown smile mm. on. At which like, point it becomes you're being just chauffeur driven, but really badly. Yeah. Mm. That would be fun to hire a really bad chauffeur. Just someone you know who. What can't... happens when you hire a bad chauffeur? R.I.P. Princess of our hearts. <laughs> Prince Philip um, has you killed. Mm. 
That's yeah. the Prince of Princess of Our Hearts that you're saying R.I.P. to, right? Yeah. Yeah. What other one is there? Prince Philip was technically a princess because he was married to a queen. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> All queens are lesbians, legally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. That is the discourse. Um so it cuts to um, all of them in the cafe discussing like the subway routes that they're going to take. Um, Kramer is uh, detailing an incredibly complex subway route. Um, and then it transpires that to get between these two points, you could just take one train the whole way. Mm. And Kramer's like, well, yeah, you could do that. Um, I, I related to that a lot mm-hmm. because I, I have quite a good memory for landmarks and locations and that kind of thing. I also only have one possible memory of it, and I also have no sense of direction. So once I have learned a route to get somewhere, that is the route that I go. If someone mm. tells me a quicker route, not only do I not wish to hear it, but I am not capable of taking this new quicker route because I have learned, <laughs> <laughs> like a pigeon, <laughs> I have learned mm. one route. And if it, and like, and uh, when I used to drive everywhere. If yep. uh, if a road was closed, your brain's like a CD. Like you can only write to it once. Yes, like that, exactly. the route has been burned in, and yes. now that is the route you're <laughs> going to take. Right. I'm not a rewritable CD. Mm. And yeah, if a road was closed, I would just try and somehow get onto the route. It, I would right. never just just take the next road because I wouldn't. Mm. I would get lost. Mm. Like yeah, like a pigeon. I have like I have hundreds and hundreds of maps of like different cities yeah. and places in my head. Those, those just takes whichever route has, route has the most grain scattered on it. Yes, uh, are right. there like little messages tied to your leg when you're yeah. taking these routes? Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm. That's how I earn a bit, of, earn a bit of extra money. Um, I work for, um, I work for an app called um, Flyer. Mm. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, mm. it's uh, for people who just really just don't like the impersonality of the WhatsApp message and they want want to return to a simpler time. Don't trust WhatsApp. Yeah. It's run by a Mossad. I'm going to send it all by a pigeon. <laughs> what if the pigeon was also run by Mossad? Well, that's I, a risk you just well, going to have to take. Me, you're telling me you don't think Mossad have pigeons? <laughs> you're telling me that Mossad has no access to pigeons? Come on. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> the pigeon is an inherently anti-Semitic bird. It would never collaborate with Mossad. <laughs> I can't believe that we're yet again back on the subject of which birds are Jewish and which birds are not. Yeah, I, we're not doing this again. We can't. We, we can't, can't do it again. Miles, yeah. Miles is a respected and important person, and, yeah. he, and he does not need to hear this shit. Um, so the uh, what gets explained is that George has a job interview which he needs to get to Elaine has a lesbian wedding which she needs to get to presumably of the Queen um, <laughs> uh, and uh, George makes a comment which I've written down which is that um, I imagine that uh, lesbian women look at me and think that's why I'm not a heterosexual he's right but this is this is what I find interesting about the character of Costanza in Seinfeld Right, as the as as a virgin Seinfeld viewer, is that he is simultaneously supposed to be repulsive to women, and yet also is mysteriously constantly fucking. Well, it's because one is the signifier and one is the signified. I'm not going to explain that or elaborate that <laughs> elaborate on that any further. It's because <laughs> one speaks to the essential truth of his character, of right. his uh, of his function as the Costanza, mm. which is an archetype of in and of itself 
and the other is necessary for narrative driver. So his un so his formal core unfuckability is an aspect of the Costanza. But in order for him to have storylines, he has to date and he has to fuck. So the mm. two things run parallel and they are simultaneously true. Yeah. I think also maybe just like <laughs> in the in the nineties. Oh, it's inconsistent. In either. the nineties, uh women were fucking guys like Costanza, but they weren't admitting it. Whereas now women are fucking guys like Costanza and they're like, Yeah. Yeah, I fuck the short, ugly, bald men. I'm into that. That's interesting. I, I do think that women are drawn to George through the property of revulsion. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's they're, the, jo- he's the right. jolly lead. Mm. They, there's, some, there's something you know, repellent about him that is irresistible. Yeah, I agree. I would much rather fuck Costanza than Jerry. Who is like no, much? No question. Like, yeah, he's like much more kind of like traditionally what's acceptable looking. Pussy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't want someone to what's the deal, my pussy. Can you imagine you're just like lying naked on the bed and Seinfeld standing in the bed with like his hands in the po- hands in his pockets, like swinging like forward slightly from his hips and going like, "So nice place you got here." Yeah, he's always yeah, going to be working on material. Like he I doesn't haven't. turn he doesn't turn it off. Yeah, no, no, I have slept with comedians, so this is giving me flashbacks. So I thank you not mm. to do that. <laughs> I genuinely haven't. So it's <laughs> you never slept with a comedian. I don't think. Oh, you I have. liar! You must have done. I don't think I have. What, not even like an improv girl. I'm trying to think. Oh God, no! Not even. Don't, don't insult me, Roy. <laughs> okay, well, not, not okay, not like a kind of. All right, not like a kind of university drama sock girl who like does a bit of stand up on the side. He like really wants to get into stand up. Yes, um, you fucking have. Don't lie to me. Um, I really don't think I have. Um, do you know? I've come close. I've come close once or twice, but I don't think I ever actually have. Welcome to Masters of Our Domain, a podcast where Milo lies. (laughs) 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 The lies of Milo Edwards. Mm. The hit 90s sitcom. Yeah, that is right. What about about you, you Mars? Have you ever shared a comedian? Uh, I was married to one. Oh. Oh. Okay. No, no. Yeah, I I can't beat that. (laughs) Um, married to a comedian from New York, in fact. So, were you married to Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, just so briefly, um, <laughs> it was didn't even make the tabloids. Well, um, then you got too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, aged out of it. Uh, the contract ended, and um, <laughs> he sent me on my way. I actually had to leave New York. That was part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld's actually got a lot of pull with the city government. He can have you removed. Key to the city, all that. Mm, yeah. You know Central Park is not owned by the city, it's owned by like a private private company. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. Isn't it? Isn't that what Nate told us last time? I don't think so. I don't remember Nate saying that. Well, he's over there, we can ask him we can ask yeah. him in a minute. Mm. When we're off mic, we are going to be uh talking That's about a the infrastructure. We will be having off mic. Um Anyway, so then they're all on the they're all on the subway. Uh, there's a there's a blind violinist um, who we might describe as a kind of Chekhov's gun, um, yeah, uh, type element in the episode. Yeah, don't um, show a blind violinist unless the blind violinist goes off by Act Three. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Jerry is on his way to the car pound in Coney Island, 
um, which is kind of hence the bumper car bit because he's intending to also go to the theme park on Coney Island. Um, Kramer has to go to court for parking tickets or like various like traffic violation tickets, one of which is not having doors on his car, um, <laughs> which is good. I did actually once see a guy driving with no doors in Russia. Um, uh, I was getting it. I was getting a cab from the airport in Chelyabinsk into the center of town, mm. which is a lovely place. <laughs> Recommend Chelyabinsk to a friend. And uh, Chelyabinsk is known as the city of the five lakes. Um, those that's its main geographical feature. Uh, the lakes are called lakes one, two, three, four, and five. Excellent, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm in this fucking cab. Slaker House Five. Yeah, exactly. Driving past the, the lake house with Keanu Reeves and Kurt Vonnegut. Um, yeah. Driving past. And then, and then what should overtake us but a larder with no doors? Jesus. Yeah. No doors at all? No, just like so it had just every like other frame. part of the car. Well, it had like the, the windscreen and the back and the back windscreen, but it didn't have any doors or windows. So it was just like a kind of open-sided... It looked, well, it just looked like if you took a car and just took the doors off it, that's what it looked like. I can't, I can't, I can't explain it any further than that. I will that. use my imagination to picture that. Mm. Mm. It's very easy to picture Kramer in that, <laughs> It is, yeah. yeah. yeah it is. And, and now I'm just wondering about like, the intersection of his whole character and like, Russian and Slavic meme culture. Mm. Like, you could just see him in the tracksuit doing the squats. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Kramer has an extremely Russian energy. Actually, there's another guy. Um, he's the best friend of the guy I used to live with in Moscow, who's fucking insane. And um, we once we were out drinking with him. There was this bar on uh, Noviar Bar in Moscow called Chesterfield, which would sometimes do these absolutely insane drink deals. Like I don't understand how they're making money out of this drink deals. One of them was. If you went in there and bought one drink, they gave you four drinks free <laughs> doing this one night. Wow. So um, we walk in there in a group. This guy goes and orders five Long Island iced teas, which is 25 Long Island iced teas. <laughs> and so they just start giving him this stuff in jugs, right? Um, so we... We get absolutely fucking hammered. It gets to like one o'clock in the morning. Me and my flatmate, his girlfriend, are like, right, we're gonna go home. And um, this guy is like, okay, so I'm going to stay out. He's like, but I'm but I'm fucked up. He's like, so here is my wallet and my keys and my phone. Just take this shit and I'll find my way back. And we're like, okay. He's like, because I will just I will fucking lose this shit. You don't understand. And we're like, okay, whatever. So we take it. <laughs> Seven o'clock in the morning the intercom in the apartment goes and it's the fucking building security who are like uh uh Mr. Trubatskoy there is a uh, there is a dirty naked man <laughs> who wants to be who wants to be let into the building he says he is a friend of yours and then Nosh is like what and then he's like oh oh okay oh and then, yeah so the guy comes back completely naked covered in filth and then we're like, dude, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he apparently completely blacked out. And about six o'clock in the morning was when he started remembering stuff again. And he was like, I come to and I'm just running down the street completely naked. And he's like, and then I see a cop car at the other end of the street. So he's like, fuck, I'm going to get arrested. So 
he dives under a car to hide from the police, <laughs> which is how he got filthy. <laughs> and he spent the next hour like fucking Metal Gear Soliding back to our apartment <laughs> to avoid getting arrested. This is the plot of Crank 3. Wow. Yeah. If I don't wow. get naked in the next 15 <laughs> minutes. Naked. What strawberry tart will stop beating? That's right. That's right. Bit of strawberry treacle. Bit of strawberry treacle. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do think that's a Kramer thing to do. In conclusion. In conclusion, it's a very long-winded way of agreeing with Miles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Showing up up naked at the end is more foreshadowing for uh, George in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tying it all together. Hmm. Yeah, George really bringing some sort of Roman energy at the end of the uh, end of the episode. Um, right. So yes, then we get a scene where Cray- they they've all split up to get on their separate subway trains to go to separate destinations. Um, Kramer is like doing some classic Kramer physical comedy, trying to get a seat on the subway, and every seat that he gets to gets like taken just before he gets there by someone else, and he sort of like squeezes onto a seat. It's kind of like there's like kind of like a fat guy taking up two seats, and Kramer sort of like slithers in next to him in a very sort of Kramer-like way. Classic bit of Seinfeld, hard to hard to convey on this audio medium. Is what it yeah. is. That's right. I regret to Kramer went to the Academy <laughs> Goliath. Um, so, sorry, Kramer's actually French. I take back that he's Russian. Um, in full blackface while he's doing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something about Kramer being French, but it's gone. I love the way they um they say they don't say goodbye when they're splitting up. Yeah. They just kind of all yeah. look at each other and they're yeah, like, they're "Well, fuck off." <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's right. Bringing the spirit of Keir Starmer to the subway. Fuck off. Have you never heard the when when Keir Starmer was the director of public prosecutions, there was some press conference where he was like reading out like a um uh. A, a, a transcript of something that had been said by like a defendant or whatever, like in some, which included the phrase fuck off. So there is like, there is a, there is a clip of Keir Starmer just stood at press conference going fuck off. Um, and uh, it's fun. It's a fun clip that you can use. I thought you, I thought you meant that Keir Starmer doesn't say goodbye pro- properly to people. No, but that would be funny. Yeah. Keir yeah. Starmer just doesn't say goodbye. I welcome you leaving. <laughs> But I'd encourage you to go further by staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's a, I think it is a very good snapshot of uh, character building. There. Hmm. Yeah, they all just go. No, guess this is it. No. Yeah. Um, where this episode actually did remind me of Nate, though, was the way it portrays the New York subway as looking like absolute and total shit. Yeah. The entire time, which um, is something that Nate tells me about on on the regular. So. Um, yeah. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear Nate talking about how the New York subway is total shit. <laughs> Jerry falls asleep on a guy, which feels like it's not very Jerry. Hmm. Do you ever find about- out why he's so tired? I don't think you do. No. I, I went back and watched because I, I was like, they don't set up the reason for this at all. He just says at the yeah. diner, I'm so tired, I'm going to fall asleep on the train. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm. He was just up all night uh, fucking and working on a stand up with uh, you know, his girlfriend in bed, I guess. Yeah, he was doing chem sex. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld loves a popper. Do poppers count as chem sex? I don't know. I, I guess don't it's there at the mild. I don't think they end. do. You can buy them in Camden Market. Is that the is Gate, that the logic? Gateway, gateway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are truly gateway, a gateway ga- drug gateway in the most literal sense. 
Um, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get the, you can get them in my uh, in my local corner shop. Can you in the corner shop? Yeah, they just got Good this Lord. little. They, they've got this really like interesting display where so they've, they've got like for a calippo and a <laughs> bottle of poppers. <laughs> yeah, they've got this like. <laughs> it tastes so much better, honestly. <laughs> You can do, you can shove do a more with a clip. I'm going to have someone like, eat the calippo out like, of my there's ass. There's like a really interesting um interesting display behind there. They've got they've got like they've got mm-hmm. like painkillers, they've got like you know the other stuff that you kind of normally have behind like behind yeah. the counter. And then they've got this little kind of rack of vastly overpriced pregnancy tests. And okay. <laughs> this little and this little shelf of like liquid gold. Do you mean they've they've like they've marked up the pregnancy test, or do you mean they're like luxury pregnancy tests? <laughs> they've marked up the pregnancy test. Oh, I was hoping that <laughs> they were like gold leaf pregnancy tests or something. What you to know? go with the liquid gold? Remember when they used to have those Virtue phones? It was just like a Nokia, but they just put like they just made it like gold. Yeah. And stuff, and it would be like yeah, it's like you know two thousand pounds, and then Russian chicks used to buy them. The pregnancy tests or the gold, no, or no, the the, gold Nokia's. No, the gold Nokia's. Um, I think that there would be a market in like luxury, in like kind of like like luxury pregnancy tests, like made out of mm. made out of like made out of real baby sustainable. Oh come on, <laughs> <laughs> made out of like sustainable plastics or whatever. Mm. Mm. Biodegradable pregnancy. Yeah, tests. Mm. yeah. Don't steal that idea. If you're listening, if you're listening to this and you're like writing my ideas down, don't do that. Did you see that? I'll thing? sue you. Where someone took apart one of those fancy, like clear blue pregnancy tests. Oh yeah, and it, found out it that was it was like literally exactly the same as just like a piece of shit one. The sixty p one, but yeah. all and all it had was like a little laser that just read the line on the strip, <laughs> yeah. and then it translated that into a word. Yeah, it was really interesting of, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. just like imagine being like so desperate to know if you're pregnant that you're like paying well over the odds and also having to go through the ritual humiliation of asking the person behind the counter for a pregnancy test. You're buying a pregnancy test in your local corner shop, but the guy saw you buying poppers the night before and he's like, <laughs> I don't like, think... Yeah, you can't get pregnant <laughs> from that, love. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to do myself out of some business here, but... <laughs> yeah, it's rather just be like you're buying, it, you're buying like mm. your chewing gum, you're buying like a can of Coke and you're just like, actually, can I have some liquid gold, gold as well? <laughs> well, I'm here. That's right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Come in the next day. Yeah, devil's own job getting this can of coke up there. Otherwise, <sighs> oh, stop making butt dilation jokes. This is a family podcast. <laughs> Which family? I'm going to go on a limb and say Fritzel. Um. So, meanwhile, a hot woman is flirting with George. Um. She asked him if he's looking for a job. She's very '90s sitcom hot. Oh yeah. She's very like that's just a lady, isn't that just a lady? She has long legs. That's kind she of. She does have long legs. And she's wearing stockings, which is kind of they're they're like they're they're projecting hot a lot. But I do understand what you mean. It might just be tights. You don't know. I think they were, I think they were revealed to be stockings, but I'm, I can't remember now. Miles, do you remember? You got? A, can you? Can you? Uh... No, I was just so dazzled by how hot she was. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 has a nice smile. Hmm. Hmm. But she, I think she just looked like a kind of regular. Kind of woman to me. Just a regular woman. Just a regular bog woman. standard factory issue. <laughs> no extras. Not a factory she's, issue, mate. She's <laughs> only a she's only a little out of George's league. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I feel I feel like um I feel like the bow in the hair is a problem for me. 
She because she feels like a hot lady, not from just like. Her hair is chaotic energy. We've discussed this before. Yeah, but she feels like a kind of hot lady, like not from like 1992. She feels like a kind of hot lady from like 1987. That like she doesn't have like an early 90s cut suit either. Mm. Like it's almost like she's a kind of figment of George's like fevered erotic imagination. Like this is this is (laughs) who he thought was like the hottest woman possible, like in his fantasies as a teenager. That's what it is. Is Seinfeld doing Shutter Island again? Yes. Yes, that's what I think. Or Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs) George thinks he's getting pussy for months. He's just jacking it. (laughs) On the train. Oh, my God. Now that's a theory. That's a theory. Mm. And that's how you marry the signifier and the signified. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Bells, that took me a second. (laughs) It just just wheedled its way into the back of my mind. And I was like, wait. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Whereas if you have sex on the train, that's fair game. Masturbating on the train is just weird. I think having sex on the train is fairly weird. Well, it depends if you get the conductor's permission. What? <laughs> <laughs> what does you that mean? You're not allowed to put your feet on the seats, which does <laughs> create some logistical issues. But mm. Mm. that because that would be the issue if uh, yeah, the conductor you came around. You can't do it in the quiet carriage. No. That's why all trains should have a specified sex car. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Where it's sort of permissible. Yeah. Like, if you're in the sex car, you know what you're getting yourself in for. Like, kind of smoking and non-smoking, how that used to be. All I can say is I hope that there are cameras in the sex car on this train because they would show me to be completely innocent of any wrongdoing. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, she asked me if he's looking for a job. He says... Uh, why do you think that? She's like, well, because you're looking at the job ads. And he's like, no, no, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the stocks. Um, and he's like, IBM up by a quarter. And then, um, and then she's like, oh, so you're in, you're in the market. And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, which? And he's like, ah, oh, the big one, bull market, bear market, you name it, I'm in it. Which was fun, I thought. You know, good lying, just good lying. Classic lying, yeah. I, I, I just really enjoy that. You know, not to spoil this too much, but you know. George was conning the con woman. It's pretty good. Like there's mm. an alternate there's an alternate version of this where they just like team up in the end and become like, you know, they they do they pull the cons together, but alas, mm. not to be. It's a lot like the film Entrapment. <laughs> in that respect. And if you'd like to hear uh 90 minutes of our thoughts on the film Entrapment. Oh, please. An hour and 55 <laughs> minutes of our Is thoughts. Is it an hour and 55 minutes? <laughs> mm-hmm. Then uh <laughs> And head over to our Patreon where you can find this episode. Yeah. yeah. Who's double crushing who? Great question. Great question. I think what it was a question that, not really answered by the film, no, to be honest. Not, yeah. not at all. What it sounds more mm. like is the plot of the extremely underrated uh, early noughties film Heartbreakers. I don't think I've seen that one. That's Christian Slater, isn't it? No. No? We, I thought, we, I thought well, okay, fine. No, not at all. It's um, uh, Scrungy Weaver. Scrungy Weaver. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. It's a traditional name, and it's how you say it. You know, she's an alien and stuff. What? Sigourney Weaver. Scrungy. That's how you say it. It's pronounced scrungy. What the fuck hell dimension have I just teleported <laughs> into? <laughs> it's got Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ray Liotta. Oh yeah. Weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about a mother and daughter and Gene Hackman. It's Ooh. like it got some sort of surprisingly kind of stellar cast list. Mm. It's about yeah, a mother and daughter con team who are right. like on the run from their most recent con, and they're like trying to kind of do sort of one last big job. It's got Anne 
Billy Bancroft in it. Oh. Like as a small role. And uh, oh. what's his face? The Scientologist with... Tom Cruise? No. The one with the pointy face. Pointy face? And he's a Scientologist. Alec Baldwin? Alec Baldwin's not a Scientologist, is he? No. No, no. Was he, is he not? Miles, who do I mean? Who is the Scientologist with the pointy face? John Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 he's young, like of Mm. an age in like 2002 that he could reasonably be paired up with Jennifer Love Hewitt. I have no idea. He's in that terrible show, which um, there's a theory about it existing longer than than it should have done because it was being funded by the Scientologists. He's in Kevin Smith films occasionally. Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Wow. There he is. Jason Lee's lawyer, if you're listening to this, he is a Scientologist and he does have a pointy I face. I can't picture Jason Lee. Let's pull him up. Okay. Don't pull him off. Well. I'm Not unless struggle. you want to be taking a trip to the uh, shop for a fancy pregnancy test. Oh. Yeah. See, he's got a pointy face. You're telling oh, me that's fuck. not a pointy face? the guy face? from My Name is Earl. Yeah, My Name is Earl. That's the one that's, I was thinking that's of. Earl. Yeah. Ah, like leaning, I, up, leaning over and whispering, "That's Earl." Um, yeah, <laughs> I never watched my name as Earl. Um, but, uh, Why is there a related search? Oh, looking a little bit like uh, Ryan Reynolds in some of these. His his best oh, performance yeah. is Mallrats. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Good film. Mallrats is a good film. I think it's unfairly maligned. Jason, Jason Lee and wife welcome son. What's funny about that? Well, I think because it's just a very <laughs> odd way to put that a birth has occurred. Welcome, son. As though he arrived. Like, not like she didn't give birth to him. Like, he sort of showed up and they were like, well, what do you want? Welcome. What do you want them to say? Jason Lee and wife hover over what remains of her perineum. Like, perineum? Yeah. You just, did you just. I don't think that's how you say it. <laughs> how do you say it? Perineum. Perineum? You make it sound like an area of a Roman house. Join per- me in the perineum. Perineum sounds more like the like an area of a Roman house. <laughs> you don't say it perineum, Miles. Perineum. Uh, I'm I'm with Phoebe because that's how an American would say it. There you go. You just believe women, and yeah, we do exactly. respect that on this show. <laughs> exactly, we respect it when people believe women. I Unfortunately, yeah. there's one woman you shouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> word or word or in corner. Um. <laughs> Uh, sort of an exception that proves the rule thing. Um, yeah, and then she, the woman asked him, "Are you, are you a big brokerage?" And he's like, "No, big brokerage has killed my father." Well, they hurt him bad, hurt his feelings. <laughs> Perfect riff. Mm. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I wish George had had a chance to expand on that. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. Um, we then cut to Elaine on her journey, where she's talking to like an an older lady, um, uh, and uh. She tries to explain what irony means to her because the woman doesn't understand the word irony. Mm. Um, and uh, then then she has to explain the lesbian wedding. And then the woman is accusing Elaine of being a lesbian. She says, no, I hate men, but I'm not a lesbian. Mm. Right on, Queen. A mood. <laughs> a whole entire mood. We've all seen moods, and that is, that is one of that them. That is one of them. That is a mood, yeah. I, I like it when the old woman when the old woman says, "Now we're liberated, we have to stand." I think that is a very mm. vividly observed portrayal of a particular kind of particular kind of lady, mm. and I appreciated it. I appreciate that kind of detail. 
a couple waves of feminism meeting there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what the subway is about. Yeah. Hmm. Subway feminism. Yeah. If you get too many waves from different directions meeting, they can cause like weird weather effects. And a riptide. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that would that would annoy me if, um, you know, I, you know, like there was a political movement that was broadly in my favor, but then it like caused me an inconvenience. Yeah, I respect this woman. <laughs> she's got a point. <laughs> and she and she's petty enough to fit into the Seinfeld universe. Mm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been emancipated, but now I have to stand up. Fuck this. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm. I don't have anything to add to this. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't quite know what her issue is with the lesbian wedding, though. Like I think she's it's not supposed to be kind of elderly and prejudiced. I think that's supposed to be the point. Yeah, she doesn't really come out and say anything like explicitly homophobic, but no. it is just like a horror of lesbian weddings existing. Mm. Maybe maybe she just thinks it would be a really gauche event. She's not against the fact that lesbians are getting married. Well, she it's just thinks sort of it's vulgar. A... Yeah, she just thinks that like the aesthetics would be. It'd be very interesting, like, someone who very specifically has a thing about lesbian weddings, but not gay weddings of any other sort. Like, it's some very particular vendetta they have against, not even lesbians, but specifically lesbian weddings, that doesn't apply to either lesbians in general or gay weddings in general. Like the idea of two dresses. Yeah, it's like a it's like it's like, like just doesn't look, it's not doesn't look right on the eye. <laughs> mm. You don't you don't get the little plastic groom on the cake, all that stuff. Mm. The only lesbian wedding I've been to was on a boat. It was lovely. On a boat? I don't know boat? what she's complaining about. Yeah. Oh. That does sound nice. Well, there you go. To this fictional character <laughs> from the early 90s, have you tried? I've been to several lesbian weddings, and they were all very nice. Hmm. Although one of the couples has sadly since divorced, which is a shame. Wow. They're a nice couple. Hmm. I don't, again, I don't have really anything to add to that. No. There you go. So shout out to them. It's just a shame. Happily divorced. It's just a shame. It's just yeah. a shame. It's we've a got, shame that you're divorced. We've gone a little bit kind of nighttime radio show there. It's like we mm. had a lovely wedding, but they are since divorced. So I, commiserations. I there. love nighttime radio. I used to listen to it so much in my old car. Um, I used to quite often listen to Mellow Magic, uh, which was on after eleven p.m. on Magic FM. Oh yeah, I love Mellow Magic mm. because all the presenters talk in this kind of whisper. And they're always, and they're always like, they're always like older ladies for the most part. The presenters, and they're like, "You can, you can text me in, just in my little studio here at the bottom. We love hearing you. Give us a, give us a whisper out or a window into your world." And then quite often she'd get people to send her pictures of what they were doing, and then would like describe <laughs> the picture on the radio. And it's like this is so pointless. Again, this, not, this does sound like us. And we Jean, did, did just describe <laughs> a picture of Jason Lee. Jean in, Jean in Somerset sent in a. Lovely picture of a sunset. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jean. <laughs> like... I've only ever heard men on Mellow Magic. Oh, really? It's mostly women. You do occasionally get a man, though. Um, they have some. They get. They play some absolute bangers on Mellow do, Magic. Do you know what? Once I got, I got really, I got really offended on Mellow Magic once because someone texted in and asked if they could, um, they could play uh, "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin, oh. and they said that they couldn't because it was Mellow Magic and it wasn't mellow enough. Take My Breath Away is mellow. It's extremely mellow. <laughs> it's one of the most mellow songs ever written. I'm going to go out on a limb here. What would you say is like the kind of the, the real like staple of mellow magic? I think it's sitting on the dock of a bay. Well, you see, I, I, I like a lot of the stuff about mellow magic, but I think the real heart of mellow magic is the extreme cringe songs they play that you kind of have to like avoid. Like Dance With My Father Again by Luther Vandross. What on earth is that? Oh. 
Oh, it's a bad song. Have you not, Miles? Do you know this song? <laughs> Have you ever heard this song? <laughs> Just the title alone is uh, pretty <laughs> it's upsetting. Like, it's one of those songs where, like, it's very literal. Like, there's not... You know, sometimes where, like... I, I think, like, much like poetry, like, the lyrics to good songs are, like, they're a little bit ambiguous, you know what I mean? Whereas it's very directly, like, I'm telling a story, but just in a singy way. You know, like, uh, this is very literally a series of sentences, which, if you wrote them down, would just be prose. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, so how does this song go? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna attempt to do Luther Vandross. It's too. Okay, I think that's probably wise. It, yeah. Okay. But um, not even for reasons of racial politics. It's just it's a hard singing style to carry off. Mm. It's not. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That is my. That's my take. But if you want to, <laughs> you want to pause this and, and torture <laughs> and yourself to by listening to song. Luther Vandross dance with my father again. Mm. Go ahead. Nothing against Luther Vandross personally. I just really don't think it's his best work. There's a particular kind. There's a particular kind of like eight, like late eighties, early nineties ballad, which is always on this. Which I never like. I would recognise mm. it and probably know all the words if I heard it. I'm but sure you know no this song. By. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's a song about being horny for your dad, which we do respect on this show, if nothing else. Um. So. Take my breath away is mellow. It is. It is. If you're fucking listening, Lynn Parsons I've, at Magic I've heard FM. fucking Golden Brown, which is about heroin on Mellow <laughs> Magic. About Sugar. It's about both. It's mm. about the, uh, the intersection, <laughs> the riptide created when you mix Demerara Sugar and heroin. You couldn't play Vance Joy's Riptide. That's definitely not Mellow. No, it's not. No. Melancholic, that's, that's perhaps. cheery. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right, uh, uh, Kramer over here's some. Uh, oh wait, sorry, no, I've, I've skipped a bit here. Uh, the woman asked George to get off the subway with her. Uh, George, uh, George is saying like, "Oh, I've really got to get to this meeting," but when she means a job interview, and um, then he decides to get off with her anyway. Gets stuck in the door. We then cut to Kramer, who's overhearing some horse racing betting tips on his subway. Um, we then cut to Jerry who wakes up opposite a guy he was sat opposite before, but who has now gotten naked. Um, yeah. Which is very, this again is very Seinfeldian because it, it is kind of like an out-of-body experience. Like, I feel like if you're the naked guy on the subway, you kind of start off naked. I don't feel like you get halfway through the subway journey and then get naked. That strikes me as like an... I don't know. I feel like you might, like once you got kind of comfortable... Think in terms of um, well, are you getting into the vibe of the subway journey? Yeah, like if you're on a long subway journey, like <coughs> you might not want to like, okay, like you know, if you keep your coat on when you're indoors, then you won't feel the benefit when you when you get out. Mm. Maybe if you're a naked subway guy, you want to feel the benefit of being uncomfortable and stuffy in your clothes, and mm. then the and then the comparant of feeling the cool subway air on your on your skin. Mm. Uh, Miles, got any views on this? Um. Uh, yeah, my opinion is that he w- had to wait until he had a bench to himself before he uh-huh. could undress. Okay, yeah, that mm. also because I think you need you need a little bit of room, and you don't want to you know cramp anyone when you're actually naked. Uh, yeah, it's really it's like not in the nudist code to to make people like um, you know sit directly mm. next to you while you're naked. And yeah. the nudists have a very strict code. Mm-hmm. They're, very, they're quite a lot they're like the very, Ronin in that respect. They're very code-bound people. 
Yeah. Like the who? Ronan, the, the, like the um, the samurai, the roaming samurai. <laughs> yeah. Except there's a very different kind of sword that they're carrying. Um, for the benefit That's of the listener, Phoebe just gave me a very disgusted look. That's just sort of more <laughs> late night radio behavior from you. Late night radio. You're listening to a different kind Mellow, of sword. Masters of our domain. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Once while I was driving my ex somewhere. And we, when we were together at the time, I should know it wasn't like a weird. Um, and we were listening to Mellow Magic, and uh, uh, she texted in to Mellow Magic uh, for, uh, without telling me, for a shout out for, for like, so she used her name and my name, requesting like one of these like romantic like whisper outs that they would do, mm. claiming that I was being sent to war. <laughs> 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 Wishing me good luck on my deployment. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty good to be fair. Fair play to her for that. Um, so mellow. I, mm. I just remembered that the next time you mentioned your ex on this show, I was going to sing the X Files theme tune, but then I forgot. Oh. But I just want I want it to be clear that I was going to do that. I can probably insert that. Do 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 do. do, 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 do. Oh, I thought you were going to go for. You know. What, what I sang there, I think, was the start the casualty theme tune. <laughs> slightly different. different theme tune. It's a different theme tune. Um, well, the X Files does start. I don't know the casualty. No, that's the fuck. No, it's the fucking casualty theme tune. God damn it. Anyway, okay. Um, All right. The next uh, time you mention your ex, I'm going to sing the casualty theme tune, and it's going to be Miles, a stand. To you. Some, some, uh, <laughs> some Mandela effect stuff going on there. Mm. Some very uh, niche British fucking <laughs> hospital uh, um, soap operas. Look, casualty was only the show that ER could have been. Oh fuck! <laughs> casualty and Holby City, I think, are some of the worst television. Oh yeah, definitely. It's really it's like. Mm. Basically, they they bring people in. It's so like every episode is just like it starts off in A and E. It's like someone has like broken their leg by like you know tripping over an electricity substation yeah. or something, and then they get brought into the hospital. But then it turns out that there's also some drama going on in their personal life, and yeah. you know the nurse is somehow getting broiled in this like, well, oh, I'm quite glad I've broken my leg because I was supposed to be on a date with two women at once. Oh, mate, you can't do that. For example. For example, yeah. <laughs> My favourite thing on Casualty mm. used to be when they had like a kind of red herring piece of misdirection. So there'd be like, mm. it'd be like a windy day and there'd be somebody up a ladder and you're like, oh shit, they're going to fall off a ladder. They're going to fuck themselves up. And then like, meanwhile, someone's just falling in a canal and that's like, yeah. and that's the, and that's the kind of injury of the day. <laughs> falling in a canal. <laughs> yeah. Pissed off CJ Demui for the last time. <laughs> um... Oh, God, we mm. might have to explain who C.J. Demui is. Oh, fuck. Miles, well, have you ever heard of C.J. Demui? No. no. <laughs> no Which, this sounds <laughs> like a character that George Costanza would make up. It does, yeah. <laughs> I've read a lot of uh, C.J. Demui. Yeah, if anyone calls, uh, tell them C.J. Demui is out. <laughs> He's a um, 
He is a a uh, professional quizzer who is on <laughs> doesn't sound any less made up <laughs> that's made up who's on this TV quiz who's on this tea time TV quiz show called the eggheads and he uh, admitted in his was it in his autobiography something like that or an interview something like that casually to having pushed someone in a canal who later oh died oh, and no, 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 no. he didn't know what happened so basically oh. he was getting mugged by this guy by a canal in Amsterdam yeah. and he pushed him in the canal and ran off yeah. and so he doesn't know what happened to him he might have died and then I think the Dutch police like interviewed him about this and they were like look we just have no record of this ever even happening so we can't really like uh, look, CJ, we don't care if you're a big celebrity. Uh, you just can't go around pushing people in canals. That's what we do. Mm, that's right. Etc. CJ Demui. Uh, it's interesting because actually in Dutch, uh, Demui means a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it means cow. That's what. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the bet. Mm, it means yeah. cow in Dutch. It doesn't. Matter. It's very dangerous. He would have shunk if it wasn't for his wooden shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The C actually stands for clog, but yeah, um, it was originally called clogheads, but they thought it would be too too that obscure. Is, that is right. Um, <laughs> Name, and then um, someone did yeah. do a very good tweet about how the CJ and CJ into movie stands for Canal Justice. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and so this is this is just wow. British, is it like, this is British ge- like genuinely my favorite part of this show when we get to explain. <laughs> British light entertainment to Americans. Mm. It like, is weird. Like explaining Bruce Forsyth <laughs> oh God. was, I think, one of. Wait till we get on to Tipping Point with Ben Shepard. Um, anyway. Um, Not even Ben Shepard would get on to Tipping Point with Ben Shepard. That is true. Um, so then, uh, yeah, uh, Jerry is sort of confronting the naked guy, uh, and the guy says, I'm not ashamed of my body. And then Jerry says, You should be, <laughs> which again, mood. Um, uh, Elaine's train has stopped. Um, she's freaking out. Uh, she goes in this whole internal monologue about, and then she's like, "How there can't be a traffic traffic? It's a train. It's on tracks. How can a train get stuck?" Um, whenever I used to get the train, I often used to feel this way. Um, I love the bit when she starts like trying to kind of count her blessings, and like she asks herself how she would have coped in a concentration camp, and mm. it's it's very funny. That's a very funny bit. Mm. A question we should all ask ourselves. Yeah. Um, when experiencing any minor inconvenience. That is right. If yeah. it can be, de- if it is demonstrably better than being in a concentration camp, then uh, mm. maybe you should shut the hell up. That's right. Mm. Uh, George is at the hotel. Um, the woman leaves the room and she says, make yourself comfortable. And so then he has this internal monologue about whether he should take his clothes off or not. He's like, what does comfortable mean? And he's like, shoes off on the bed. I'm comfortable. She can't say I'm not comfortable if I have my shoes off. Um... And then she comes back in a negligee and he's in without his shoes on the bed and he just says, I'm very comfortable. Um, I agree with him. I think that this is, uh, this is a minefield. Yeah, because you don't know. Mm. You don't know how she's going to come back in. Yeah. She might come back in in like a full high-vis. I mean, helmet. That, that'd be, that would be very strange. Build a play. I'm going to know who booked this room. <laughs> oh. The hotel is just kind of unexplained. Yeah, what? Mm. Yeah, why then? A- like, what? What is the conversation they have after they get off the subway? Like, <laughs> let's go to yeah, let's go to a hotel room and then yeah, then then presumably his confusion over whether or not to take his clothes off or not is like a little bit unfounded because who goes to a hotel room in the middle of the day? 
You know what, though? Even if I knew we were definitely going to have sex, if someone left the room and said, make yourself comfortable, I wouldn't just get naked. That would be that would still be weird because I would assume they're not going to come back in completely naked. Do you know what I mean? I, I might take your shoes off, I think, is a solid step. I somebody to make themselves comfortable. True, true. I don't think anyone's ever told me to make myself comfortable. No, because I don't want you comfortable. No. As long as you're comfortable. How are you going to make yourself comfortable <laughs> in that big chicken costume? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the fantasy. Yeah. Mm. No, the last thing that men want is women to be comfortable. Am I yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. I think... I think I think it's I think is in a lo- in a monologue is very good and funny here. No, I think so. I agree. And it's, when he it's, says this whole comfortable thing could ruin me, that's I think that's very the very. Thing about vivid. George is he's always right. George, George is really, or sorry, Jason Alexander is uh, really acting the hell out of that uh, the inner voice too. He's mm. uh, a lot of gesticulating to himself as the only person in the room, <laughs> 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 throwing his hands up, looking around. He he just telegraphs all that material so well. Mm. It's good. Then, yeah, we cut back to Kramer, who's in a betting shop, placing bets on the horse, which he's heard the tip about. And he's um, explaining to another guy in the bidding shop what he's doing about how the horse the horse loves mud. I love this. When it's like his father was a mudder, his mother was a mudder. <laughs> his mother was a mudder? His mother was a mudder. It's funny. That's just mm. funny. Apparently it's an Abbott and Costello playing. routine. What? Yeah, or really? it's a reference to an Abbott and Costello thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I love that. Mm. That's really fun. Um, I don't think I've ever seen like a full Abbott and Costello thing, apart from that like Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein thing, mm. which they used to put on TV on Halloween. They were always meeting monsters. Years. Yeah, they like to meet monsters. Mm. Maybe the real monster. <laughs> yeah, is us. Mm. Yeah, the audience. I thought you were going to say Jerry. <laughs> uh yeah uh jerry is the uh name of the scientist so <laughs> not to the monster. actually jerry seinfeld um <laughs> frank and seinfeld there you go there you go there's a bit oh, there's the bit what's the deal <laughs> what's the deal with me being made of different bits of corpse <laughs> <laughs> Am I the monster, or is it what I have created? Mm. Etc. Yeah. Have you ever read Frankenstein? No. No, me neither. I feel like I should. Yeah. Yeah. Get an insight into man's inhumanity to man. It's it's good. The monster is very eloquent. Yeah. Oh. You don't really expect it, but the uh, yeah the creature. Um, yeah. Does he speak? Oh yeah. Oh. He doesn't just look like. Ugh. No, no, that's that's all like a like a '30s Hollywood invention. Oh. Yeah, the real the real cre- cre- creature has a uh, yeah has quite a has quite a beautiful soul, and long monologues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used a head of a uh, recently deceased philosophy academic. Well, that's not a beautiful soul. It's just this is quite an ironic <laughs> thing you've done here. It's exactly the sort of thing I spent my whole actual living life uh, hypothesizing about. Um, right. So yeah, so he's in the betting shop. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, cuts to Jerry on the on the subway, who's now discussing baseball with the naked guy. I love this bit. Mm. Um, he says something about if the Yankees win the World Series, he'll he'll go and sit there naked with him. Oh no 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 the Mets. Oh okay. Yeah. There you go. You see, this is where Seinfeld, I show my lack of American Mets, knowledge. Huge Mets fan. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Ah. Although George, I believe, is a Yankees fan. 
George works for the Yankees and I guess just has he, to support them. But he said no, but he says when he's in the process of getting the job yeah. that this is like his dream job. Yeah. I mean it's interesting because they're both from Queens, which is why Which is why they Jerry's should a Mets be fan. Mets fans. Okay. Right. But I guess George somewhere along the way just uh jumped on the bandwagon. See that's see that's that's more interesting character texturizing, the dirty turncoat. Mm. George is a glory hunter. He is. Yeah, he's he, like one he of those, joins. Like, he joins the evil empire. Yeah, he's like one of those kids from London who support Manchester United because they were born yeah. in like 1986. <laughs> you hate to see it. Hate to see it. You really do hate to see it. I remember there being a very good Daily Mash article years ago. It was like Manchester United were in the um uh, the FA Cup final or something, and it said Manchester United fans top up oyster cards for trip to Wembley. <laughs> Did that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's because Manchester United fans aren't from Manchester. That's the no. joke. Yeah, that is the joke. That is the joke. That is, you've identified the joke there. <laughs> Look, it's more than um, Jerry can fucking do, and he's a professional right. comedian. Yeah. Um, I New York like Yankees that- fans top up oyster cards <laughs> for trip to. <laughs> I like the I like the bit where they're talking about sports, and like I think it's I think it is very illustrative of a certain kind of like ephemeral male connection. Mm. Um, I Women think it's do this really in nice. toilets. Yeah, but they don't mm. talk about sports. They just no. tell each other that they're beautiful and, and that, that they would die for each and... other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jerry doesn't get to the point of like approving of the guy's appearance. That will never happen. No. <laughs> no. So that's gay. Whereas talking constantly about the uh, bodily skills of a bunch of men is not gay. The bodily skills. Look, that is sport. It is a bodily skill. (laughs) (laughs) Skills come in two kinds. Yeah. Bodily and non-bodily. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to argue with this this rubric? I don't know. I'm just thinking. (laughs) Do I or not? Do I have the energy? Um, So when we cut to um, back to the hotel, um, George has been handcuffed to the bed by this woman. Um. She gets dressed and uh, robs him, but is disappointed to discover that his wallet only has $8 in it. She's like, I wasted a whole morning for $8. <laughs> and she's like, that's it, I'm taking your clothes. And he's like, you can't take my clothes, that's my only suit. And then as she's leaving, he goes, will I see you again? <laughs> Respect to this thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Shoot your shot. Yeah. In this respect, uh, Costanza has the me disease of just liking women who are mean to him. <laughs> like, he is never more turned on than when he finds out that she's actually robbing him. That for him is just added to it. Have you ever been robbed by a woman? No, my brother has. Has he? Yeah. My brother was... <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this story. <laughs> brother... Tell us and then you can cut it out. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it's not that bad. My brother, um, he brought, he brought a stripper to my sister's wedding. Um, wow. Who, who he'd met like two weeks before in some bar. Had he met her at a strip bar or just a normal bar? I don't think he'd met her in her capacity as a stripper, okay. but she he'd was met, a stripper. Okay. He'd met her as as a civilian. Yeah. Off the clock. Okay. My brother at the time was living in Athens, and he met this girl in Athens, but she was uh, extri- very much an Essex girl. Um, and uh, We know how to spot them in our family. We always she, be lucky. Was she working as a stripper in Athens? Yes. Um, okay. So then... He brings her to my sister's wedding. Some consternation is caused by this. Not not least um, by my sister, who's furious. Because <laughs> this woman was somewhat uncouth, you could say. Um, 
there were some, you know, some things happened. But de- but when they were doing the RSVPs, didn't they have to say? Who, didn't you all have to say who you were bringing? I don't fucking know. I was five. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't bringing anyone. Okay. okay. I was you excited. Were, I got you, to wear a top hat. You were not. <gasps> <laughs> I was so you into the hat. Wear a miniature top hat. Are there pictures? Oh, there. I'm gonna need to see pictures of you, you and you at five in a minute to top with, top hat with the stripper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. With the, the stripper. stripper, weirdly yeah. the opening scene of uh, what women want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is what women want. It's five year old me in a top hat. I mean, kind of, yeah. There's a picture of me and my dad in matching suits and top hats. Oh it's my nice. god, I might die. Yeah. Anyway, that's adorable. I'm very very small. If you have, have you ever worn a miniature suit and. Uh, adorable hat as a child uh, or an adult <laughs> uh not a top hat but as a child for like first communion they dress you in all white so you just look like a little um uh, colonel sanders from kfc <laughs> oh yeah nice they yeah. give you a little glue on mustache i wish yeah mm. um but now it, it it does look good well i mean you just also look like a like i don't know like a little televangelist or something in the white suit is it like really like gleaming? Oh, yeah, yeah. So do you look like you might be like, I don't know, supposed to be like conducting like a gospel choir? Yeah, or it's like, I don't know, it's it's like a touch of Liberace in there. Oh, yeah. amazing. It probably had some weird tales too, yeah, the, the jacket. So this is, the, this is, this mm. is like, it just encapsulates male privilege for me. There are no occasions for which, to, for which uh, girls can wear miniature formal wear as children although actually no mm. no for com- for communions you wear the miniature wedding dress right mm, i mean if you're a girl if you're a girl yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like girls wear the miniature wedding dress right very gender yes. normative i've never i've never been to a communion so i don't know what goes on but no. but i'm pretty sure yeah girls wear what looks like a miniature wedding dress yeah you just have to wear all white that's the rule okay yeah. So really. yeah, I think I think it, uh, the right yeah. I, I, there's probably been uh, a little girl who's demanded the suit and gotten it. So good, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Mm. I would have loved to wear a miniature suit when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm. Food for thought. But like, yeah. You could wear a miniature suit now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shut the hell up. <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe is small. That is the joke there. Um, for those of you who don't know how big Phoebe is. Quite small. That's why I can't do like masculine. I'd love to be able to do masculine tailoring, but I'm not built correctly for it because I'm built different. Because first of all, yeah, I'm built different because I'm short and curvy. It just makes me look like a mm. like a bit part from Bugsy Malone. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Tracy villain. Bugsy Malone energy. <laughs> look, there's nothing wrong with giving off Bugsy Malone energy. Bugsy Malone mm. fucks. Yeah, uh, Phoebe True. regularly <laughs> shoots me with a Tommy gun full of silly string. Bugsy Malone's a pretty weird fucking idea, isn't it? Like child criminal. Like, yeah, like when they were coming up with it, and they're just like, okay, so like it's a real, like it's a, like it's it's a musical, but it's like a, it's like a noir musical. There's like there are gangsters. There's a gangsters mole. There's like you know there's like a love story in the mid, like in the middle of it. There but also it's aimed at nonces. But like yeah, here's the kickoff. It's all it's it's kids. It's all kids. Mm. <laughs> like why is it all kids? There was a certain point in the 20th century where that was like the cleverest thing you could do. What if they were all kids? 
Doesn't that say something I about can't society? Think of an, I can't think of another example apart from Bugs and Malone where they're all kids. No, no, I don't mean that that specifically, oh, but right. I mean as in that sort of like, but oh, get this, but get this. <laughs> like like, a, re- a remake of Strangers on a Train, but it's kids. <laughs> like, yeah, you can, ju- you can just hear the sound immediately before saying, but it's kids. <laughs> but it's kids. <laughs> yeah. It's apocalypse now. <laughs> kids. <laughs> That's right. Kids are like James little Bond Jr. <laughs> Mm. Apocalypse now and they're in like a kind of little baby helicopter. Diddle da diddle da da except it's like Well, because what's funny is Apocalypse Now is already <laughs> half little... darkness. But it's Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> and another guy's like And kids and it's kids. That's right. Yeah, because like as well, because like Tallulah in Bugsy Malone is like specifically she's like she's not just supposed to be a gangster's mole. She's supposed to be like She's supposed to be quite sexy. It's not like a kind of it's not a sort of stripped of its of its horn because it's children. It's a very strange idea. Mm. And that's why it's so popular in Britain. What Bugsy Malone? Yeah. We did a production of Bugsy Malone when I was at primary school. They did a they did uh, for not my year but um another year did uh, Bugsy Malone for their year 6 play. And it turned out there's this one kid who played who played Bugsy. Mm-hmm. And to everyone's complete astonishment, he could do this absolutely pitch. Per- it's like ten-year-old boy could do this pitch perfect, like nineteen, like nineteen thirties. Ah, see, yeah, mm. he could like he did it absolutely perfectly, and like his normal voice was like a little ten-year-old boy's voice. Mm. He was like, oh, hello, hello, but then as soon as they put him in that suit, he was just like. You're just like, get off me, Tallulah, see? And it's like, what? What is that? The suit was doing it. He was being controlled by the suit. Oh, yeah, maybe he was. (laughs) Maybe they gave him coat before he went went on. The point is, my brother brought this stripper (laughs) to the wedding. It caused some consternation. And then um, uh, uh, a few weeks uh, later, um, because... My brother has a long long history of losing money in various... um, incidents um and this was one of them where he was like for some reason like keeping a lot of his money in cash in like a safe in his uh apartment and uh this woman uh got up early in the morning just for richness of narrative and um, where's your brother live <laughs> oh he doesn't have any money anymore <laughs> don't worry about that um and uh robbed him what? and uh yeah and left how did she get into the safe i guess she knew the code or it was open or i don't, I don't know <laughs> Why would you tell someone the code you're safe? I don't, I don't fucking. If you if you met my brother, okay. you wouldn't be asking me these questions. <laughs> and how and how long were they together before? I think not very long, like a few weeks. Is she in any of the wedding photos? Because that's funny. Well, apparently, apparently, what was very funny was that um my my dad was like freaking out trying to get her on the edge of all the photos <laughs> so that she could be excised. <laughs> From this, which apparently was very entertaining to watch, going to my other sister. But I was reminded the other day that um, you know, uh, you can get those like vouchers for uh, sort of like professional family photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, years and years and years ago, when I was at university, my university boyfriend and his brother and sister got their mum, uh, got their mum like a voucher for some for like a kind of family portrait day. Yeah, one of those people. One of the kinds of people that posh people always have them done in Britain, where like yeah. it's all like you all like 
lie on the floor with like your head. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Again, one of those interesting, um, interesting kind of horseshoe horseshoe theory class signifier things of British culture because you only have them if you're either very posh or very not posh. Mm. Um, Like middle class people do not have. Yeah, no, we never went anywhere near a photo studio at any point. No portrait. Um. But they so they so they bought her this and it like it cost like some it cost some colossal amount of money this this day awesome and for some reason it was determined that I should join them and oh, no. be in these and be in these pictures and and I was like I'm, I'm not going to be in the pictures it's fine like you know this is a family thing and they kept all saying no no you must be in these pictures <laughs> mm. and I kept trying to say like maybe we should do one which is just the family like just the family. No, 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 I'm going to be in all of them. All right, I'm going to be in all of them. But then it was like one of those things where like if you, you can like order like a couple of prints and they are each very expensive or you can like order the disc which has all of the prints on mm. and that costs like £1,200 or something. But it probably works out, works out just about cheaper to do right. that. And so it amuses me to think from time to time that this family probably still has like a picture in their living room that I'm just in just mm. completely inappropriately and also like because this this young man um mm. and his family were of a type that you know that you know that I am partial to like fair-haired freckly sunburn when they look out of the when they look out the mm. window at the, the sun real kind of celtic Shit yeah, 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 yeah. Going on, going on here with this family, and they also all looked really, really similar to each other. So it's just this like kind of like blonde, pink face, freckly people, and then just like me, just in the middle, just being like, "Hey, what's up? I'm the crow of doom amongst the budgies." Um, mm. And uh, the crow of doom amongst the budgies, Phoebe's look. new book. <laughs> Um, yeah, and there was yeah, there was this like one where like the photographer climbed up a ladder and made us like look up. So, and it's like, oh, the, no. and it's like that bit in Independence Day when all the wackos go on the roof and the aliens just like blast them with a <laughs> with a laser. Mm. Yeah, studio photographers do need to be stopped. Oh, they're incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. And now, can you all just like lift the dog <laughs> and sort of hold it between you? Yeah. Look, if everyone could just, uh, if all the bridesmaids could just get under the groom and just hoik him up in the air. Well, that would be cool, actually. Have you never seen one of those pictures, one of those like bridal pictures where the, where the, the groom is being carried by the bridesmaids, by the bridesmaids yeah, and like, <laughs> they're looking like they're about to, like, their arms are about to come out of their sockets. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I want strong bridesmaids. That's my one requirement for getting married. <laughs> Big I want farm jacked. girls. Yeah, that's right. Big jacked <laughs> bridesmaids. Miles, do you have any like really embarrassing pictures from your wedding, or is there something which you'd prefer not to talk about? Which um, there are some funny pictures of that. I was just thinking that um, a couple of weekends ago, I was asked to move out of the background of someone else's wedding shoot <laughs> because. <laughs> We were we were up at uh, the Mammoth Lakes here in California, and uh, you know we're just my friends and I are just there to kayak around the lake and splash around. Um, and a whole wedding party shows up, and they start taking pictures. And uh, yeah, eventually the photographer came over and told me to move because I'm just standing there in my like pink flamingo uh, bathing suit Amazing. in the background. Amazing. And I thought would have improved. And I thought you know you could have just taken a couple yeah. like. 
like I, yeah I, i'm happy to move but uh i think it would be funny if mm, there's yeah. a, if there's a guy in pink shorts and no yeah. shirt standing in the lake behind everyone else and you're oh, having to shout because he's on top of a ladder yeah he's <laughs> yeah. got a megaphone he's in the kayak just yeah he's like an old-timey hollywood hollywood directors with one of those like cone megaphones you know he's wearing a flat cap you down there <laughs> Get out of my shot, see? Like Sam Goldwyn. Mm. He was a producer, really, wasn't he? I don't know he? who that is, but yeah. Well, welcome to uh, Silver Screen History Corner. Mm. <laughs> we'll be talking about Goldwyn from Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Oh, mm. there we go. Um, yeah, producer. Yeah, but right. he did do the flat cap and had a. Kay win, uh, Kramer wins his bet. Mm-hmm. He goes. He's going hog wild. In the in the betting shop, as you would, as you would, he's won a lot of money. Um, there's a guy, there's an obviously dodgy guy there who sees him and follows him out, and you're like, ah, oh, I see what's happening here. We then cut to the naked guy who's gone all the way to Coney Island with Jerry, and they're going to go to the theme park together. Hmm. So I've now become firm friends. Yeah, delightful. It's a delightful subplot. Very nice. And he's Very put nice. his clothes back on. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld's also civilized him, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is great. Um. I felt performing kind of missionary function. That's right, yeah. <laughs> the gospel of put some fucking clothes on. Um, have you heard the good news? Um, uh, Kramer is being pursued by this uh, guy through the, through the subway train, and the guy grabs him and says, give me the money, and then the blind guy reappears, pulls out a gun, and says, stop, police. Great Chekhov's stuff. blind guy. Chekhov's blind guy. Who also, George, earlier in the episode, goes, he's not blind. Mm. So yeah, George, right? Mm, yeah, again, George, George with the uh, yeah, right again, to spot, spot a fake disability. <laughs> the audience really goes crazy for that cop reveal. Yeah, mm. they're oh. so they're so thrilled that there's uh, some kind of authority figure on the train after all. Mm. Yeah, well, no one has uh, no one has introduced the uh, Seinfeld studio audience to the concept of a cab. A cab more cops no. are blind. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I saw the blind guy reappear at that moment, I was like, well, it's, it's obvious what's going to happen here. But there, there is a um, core of ACAP running through this show, which we have discussed on numerous occasions. Mm. It's very anti-police. Certainly yeah. anti-NYPD. Yeah. They do not think the New York City cop, cops are that smart. And they're right. Mm. They are right. Which is why it's so surprising to see this like successful, I, yeah. I don't know, like undercover operation. Uh, what what was that cop do? That was well, that cop was just hanging around waiting for <laughs> Wait. an attempted mugging. Yeah, waiting for somebody who's been like working the betting shop. Like it just seems hmm. it seems a little seems a little bit like a waste of resources. But then again, the NYPD love wasting resources. So yeah, it's because they're not that smart. Yeah, if it was now all it would be would be his guide dog would be one of those Boston Dynamics ones. Oh, what the the robot, the robot dogs? Yeah. I don't like the robot dogs. No, I don't approve of them. No. Anyway, hang continue. A, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you hang a robot? Um, anyway. Um, no, you can't because they don't have a spinal column. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, they're, they're now all at the cafe again. Uh, Jerry had such a nice time at Coney Island that he missed he missed the car pound. He got there after it shut. Um, Elaine missed the wedding due to the train incident. Elaine's subplot is like not really very well fleshed no. out in this. It's no, a bit she doesn't get given a proper subplot. Um, uh, George then shows up dressed only in a sheet and is like, Jerry, you've got my spare key, haven't you? And he's like, can I please just have it? 
And then they're like, what happened to you? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not explaining. And I, I empathize with that. Yeah, I wouldn't explain. No. Yeah, toga party gone wrong. Mm. Um, and then after Jerry complains earlier in the episode that he always has to pay for breakfast, Kramer then pays for the food. Yeah. Because he's rich now. Chekhov's bill. Yeah, Chekhov's bill. That's right. Chekhov's check. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, damn it. Mm. <laughs> God damn it. Mm. Yeah. And we then close with a bit. He's going in on the subway for a change. Um, and he's like, can you imagine? I got on the D train for an hour to go on a scary ride. <sighs> yeah. That's not a good bit, is it? Not his best. But no. then again, I mean, I don't know. Is the D-, D train especially scary? I wouldn't say it's like scarier than the other trains. You know, it's not, it's not notably scary. I think maybe it's more of a reference to how it's just like constantly kind of rocking and shuddering and stuff. Ah, okay. Mm. Mm. If anything, the one Kramer was on was the scariest train. Yeah, because it's got the it's got the mugger. Mm. I'll take a roller coaster over. I, I was I was reading about the the subway sets they used, and there's just um, there's just people around it um, shaking it with two by fours to make it like seem like it's on tracks. Yeah. Really? Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's a good good bit of production knowledge. Mm. Have you ever been to Coney Island? Um, no. I've never been to New York at all. Haven't you? No, which is weird because I've been to so many random places in America, but I've never been to New York, which is kind of like the place you would go. Mm. Yeah. Mars, you ever been to Coney Island? Uh, yeah, I grew up going to Coney Island. Oh, really? um, it's sort of a rite of passage in my family to ride the cyclone, which is actually terrifying. What, um, so what goes on in the cyclone? What's the cyclone? So the, cy- the cyclone is an old wooden coaster built in, it's almost 100 years old now. Uh probably like 1926. Um, So it is ancient and there seems to be very little, if any maintenance ever done on it. Right. (laughs) Fantastic. Cool. So um, when you ride it, it is um, not only just like a really well-designed scary roller coaster, but um, really, really feels like you can hear the, uh, the the screws and nails coming out of the wood. Yeah. You really feel like you're on kind of like borrowed time. And that's like, that's the the best kind of roller coaster. I think like Mm. I particularly like the, I particularly like the surprisingly like effective and terrifying ones that you occasionally find at fun fairs. I think they're really good. Um, although, although, uh, a while ago, I got stuck on one of those. Did you? So you'd think I would like them less. She's simply too thick. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I was dressed in my Bugsy Malone costume. Yeah, classic. <laughs> there was a hip to waist ratio issue. Mm. Uh, no, it was because it was like it was during the, it was during the 2010 World Cup, mm. and I'd been. Did you just use the words quite recently and then say during ago. the 2010 wh- World Cup? A while ago, I okay. said, cloth ears. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just the other day. Just the other day. During ten, the 2010. Just the other day, during the Boxer Rebellion. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I was, I'd, been, I'd been watching it and then I had a row with my ex, mm. so I like stormed out and decided mm. to go to a fun fair that was being held in the... <laughs> As one does, <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best revenge. Look, it's like the plot of a Final Destination movie. It, uh, seriously, it got so Final Destination, mm. and like, and I was really annoyed because it was during this was during an England game as well, and I was re- and I was wanting to watch it, but I didn't want to give him the upper hand, so I just stormed out. Um, and so you could have stormed out to go to a pub and watch it or something, but you went to a fun fair. Look, all right, 
my friend had wanted to go to the fun fair. Was this I'd the England said, Germany game? Did you did you bring us bad luck? No. <laughs> you stormed out, and then Frank Lampard's goal got disallowed. Uh, so, um, so we we're on, so so me and my friend who'd gone to the fun fair were mm. on this ride, and it was like one of those like quite like really like surprising like you can't believe that it had been like erected the mm. day before by essentially like a pack of teenagers mm. and you're trusting your life to it it's you know one of those ones with the where the where the uh, little cars kind of go up and down in waves and then they're attached mm. to a kind of central pole thing which um goes which like kind of goes womp 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 up and down and then the and then the cars kind of go like kind of upside down and then up and round and they're kind of flying around. Oh, it's like a spinny one. It's not really like a roller coaster. It's kind more of, of a yeah, ride. It's more of a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So yeah. we're on this thing and we're having a fucking great time because mm. the, you know, the the central pole thing's going womp, womp, womp. We're going yeah. like... like the, Your inner the, ear fluid's the, got no idea what's arm, going on. The arms of the thing are out. We're mm. like kind of, you know, smushed on the side of the car thing. Yeah, you're blissfully we're unaware fa- about we're Frank fa- Lampard's yeah, goal. We're going <laughs> to fall out. We're going to fall out. But we're not. We're being kept in by the centripetal force. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Um, And then... It occurs to us that we've actually been on this ride for like quite some time and we look down and the lads operating it are all crowded around a laptop and every so often one of them just reaches up and just presses the go again button and we're just like, are we now just like stuck on this ride until until the end of the game? They're not they're not watching us. They're what they're watching the game. They keep telling us to go again and we end up on this ride for forty minutes. No. <laughs> Forty, but that must 40 have been a, quite an ordeal. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. When you said stuck, I thought you meant like the ride got stuck. No, but no, you you no. were just stuck on it. Just stu- stuck on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Those bastards. <laughs> Should have sued them. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I'd like to see like a Godfather style intercut of like the England game going badly and you <laughs> stuck on this ride. Like just like, ah! Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were going to do the Battle of the Bits, but yeah. I'm getting the sense that you didn't write a bit. Not as such. <laughs> Not <laughs> as such. <laughs> I didn't, know, But that's because I had my vaccine this morning. And so oh, I was, yeah. you know, I was... Oh, distracted. congratulations. Thank you very much. Mm. Double jab now. Mm. Can do what I want, baby. Yeah, go on any rides. Yeah, <laughs> mm. that's right. That's um, right. I di- I came up with a concept for a bit, but I didn't write it. Okay. Do you want Do you want to riff it out? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you want to uh, do yours? Okay. okay. Miles, for your benefit, normally <laughs> something we do sometimes, and the fans have asked us to bring it back, is we each write a bit in the style of Jerry Seinfeld, and then ask the guest to judge who's his best. This is going to be sort of moot because I'm the only one of us who's actually written a Seinfeld bit. Um, so I was having getting my getting my jab, doing my yeah. civic duty. Doing your civic duty, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, they didn't um, even give me a sticker. Can you imagine? Brutal. <laughs> didn't even give you a lollipop. No. Um. Uh. We decided the appropriate theme for the bits was the subway. Not realizing that actually Jerry does do a bit about the subway yeah, at the end no, of no, the we episode. Should, we should have watched the episode first. And well, then actually, the bit. I think my bit about the subway is better than Jerry's bit about the subway. Okay, let's hear it. Um. Think about the subway is. You have to get too close to people. Nobody would get that close on the street. You'd look crazy. Imagine being in the supermarket, sticking your head through some guy's armpit to reach the oranges. They'd call the cops. 
on the subway. That's just how it works. <laughs> I think the deodorant companies lobbied to make the trains that small. Everyone's like, God, do I smell like that? That's when you see an empty. That's why when you see an empty car, you don't get in. It's empty for a reason. There's a human shit in there or something. It's like cartoons <laughs> where there's a pie on the ground on top of a big X. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, my concept was going to be a complaint about how the uh, tube map looks like uh, looks like it's been done by a child with colouring pencils. Oh, that's that was going to be the the central. Jerry Seinfeld's trip to London. Bit. Yeah, mm. yeah, because we said we're going to do about the tube. <laughs> oh, well, I you just meant, me. I meant the, the tube. I just meant the tube en general, as in like what? as in the subway, the tube, le, le metro, whatever. Le metro. Like, yeah, an underground railway. Not the slave rescue kind. I was going to say, like... Yeah, no. <laughs> a literal, not metaphorical underground railway. That if, could be a fun... If Jerry day. started doing underground railroad bits, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure he would do that very successfully. A guy who believes that the underground railway was a literal tunnel. <laughs> from the Confederacy to the North. I mean... Yeah, that could be fun. Um, right, well, it remains only for us to thank it Miles does. very much for joining us. Miles, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to plug to our, our loyal hogs? Uh, yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter at Miles Klee. And then, uh, yeah, as Phoebe said, Mel Magazine is going to be coming back. We're super excited. And mm. um, I'm going to start publishing new stuff in August. But I'm already writing and filing unhinged takes. And uh, yes. yeah, just packing them away. Yes, for- yes. we love the takes. For yeah, later discourse. Uh, yeah, check Mars mm. writing out. It's very good. Yeah. That's an endorsement right there. That's an endorsement from Phoebe. She doesn't like anything. So take <laughs> that true. one. I don't even like myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Kind words from someone irreparably damaged by an amusement park, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. Um, it's $3 a month for bonus episodes. And it's $5 a month if you want the extra monthly movie corner. Which this week's, uh, this month's, as we've already referenced, is um, Entrapment with Andrew Law. Actually, is this going to come out in August? I don't know. Whatever. If it's August, that was Uh, July's uh, one. July's one is Entrapment. August Uh, one's going to be something. What are you, the fucking calendar cops? Yeah, that's right. Is Entrapment the one with the lasers? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. It is. It is the one with the lasers. It is the one with the lasers. Got to revisit. And CZJ's Mm. butt. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, stealing something from an optician. Canals of justice. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) 